You are now tuned in to the Property Management Show with your host, Alex Osanenko. We bring in the experts of today so you can be the master of tomorrow in all things property management. Whether it's getting more doors, running a profitable fee-based business, or by simply being the best property manager. So, grab a pen and paper because this episode is sure to be a good one. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 39, I think. Um, getting up there, or maybe 40. No, not yet. Not, not the anniversary one yet. Um, so my friend, Jock McNeil, and I, we were talking about the PM Growth Summit, and he spoke there last year on acquisitions. And since then, him and Mike Catalano, his co-speaker, have done, you know, multiple additional acquisitions to learn a lot of things. They're going to bring all this new knowledge and we're talking about, talking about, and, and Jock's like, hey, Alex, by the way, uh, like he just said that, by the way, uh, by the way, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've actually learned uh, what I needed to know about getting a BDM, a business development manager for my business. And now I have one and we've doubled our growth. Oh, it's like, by the way. Well, so we had to sit, set up this time and, and, and really sort of get this out in the open because I'm really curious. And, and Jock and I talk about this in, in a little bit, and we're going to expand on it here. Specifically, what sort of system he had before for his alliance property management company up in Santa Rosa for buying, um, for bringing clients on, and what system he has now, and what sort of the delta the change in growth he's seen. So, Jock, welcome to the show, and thanks a lot for being here, man. Hey, always happy to talk to you. <laughs> it's 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 very very mutual, absolutely. So, hey, we've been friends for a while. I know your company very well. I've been to your office at least a couple of times. You run a tight ship, but tell me tell me sort of the state of pre sales process, meaning that everything before sales. Who like when the inquiry came in, when the lead came in. You know, who cared for it? Oh, first of all, okay, you know what? Take a step back for a second. I'm sorry. Maybe you can introduce yourself <laughs> and tell folks where you are and who you are and your experience. Sorry. Sure. Happy to do so. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Jock McNeil. Uh, I'm the co-owner and broker of Alliance Property Management, Rent Napa Valley, and another company that's a commercial real estate company called True Real Estate Partners. Uh, and um, I've been at this since 1999. So it's my 18th year in the business. Um I have gone from doing everything myself to having a staff of uh, 12, 13, or 14. I can't, I've lost count, full time employees and a couple of part timers, uh, three offices in uh, the North Bay area of California. And uh, thank you for the compliment of running a tight ship. I don't think it's a tight ship so much as I just know where all the holes are and I keep thumbs in them. So <laughs> that's very cool. But what I've noticed is you have people that stayed with you for a long, long time, very passionate, motivated, motivated employees. And I know running a business, it's very hard to keep people motivated for long periods of time. And uh, I think you've done, you and Frank done a good job on, uh, um, you know, on, on just, just, just treating your people right, I guess. And in yeah. return, they treat your clients really right. So. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We've got, uh, we've got six, no, actually seven property managers now. Uh, the, besides myself and Frank, uh, the longest term property manager, uh, is just past the 15 year mark. Uh, we've got half a dozen employees over the 10 or 12 year mark. And I'd like to think that's because we provide them with a great working environment, 
good compensation. And when I say compensation, it's not just the money, it's the benefits. Uh, you've got to look at the whole package and a fun place to work where uh, we're focused on creating opportunities for them. That is so that that is important to me. That's very cool. So I think that's a subject for another show for yeah, sure. Yeah. Dig in and you and I can exchange our own sort of tips and tricks and what worked what didn't work. Because I am actually very curious whenever I find to come across a successful business owner that has a great team specifically. You know, I really want to dig in and find out what works. Um, right. But uh, let's shift gears and talk about your your um, pre sales uh, process or your sales process for. Uh, Alliance Property Management pre-2017 PM Grow. Okay. I'm going to take it back a little bit further. I'm going to go back to 2014 because that's that's when we used to do it the old-fashioned way. So um, as the, the broker and co-owner, when a new client or a prospective client called us, I took that phone call if I was in the office. And uh, I set up an appointment to go check out the property, uh, did a little research on where I was going. I went out there and met with them face-to-face, uh, signed them up brought them in, handed them off to a property manager. I haven't managed property myself for probably eight to 10 years. So um, so I wasn't their property manager. And that was, we'll have to touch on that later because that was a tough tough thing to deal with. Uh, so I was tracking everything on my uh, spiral notebook. I was uh, doing all my own follow-up. Uh, I was missing stuff. The, the system, the, the funnel had leaks in it, let's put it that way. And as a result, I closed, you know, two or three new properties a month. Uh, and we were, we were probably half the size of where we are right now. Um, take it up to 2014, and uh, in, at the Atlanta NARPM conference, um, we made a commitment to sign up for uh, Lead Simple and Four and a Half. Uh, and that really uh, created a good foundation for our sales funnel. Uh, we weren't tracking leads before. Now we track leads through Lead Simple. Uh, and that's allowed us to make sure that we're following up. Uh, you know, Jordan's not going to want to hear this, but I don't follow up or I don't have this person follow up five times to get the sale. You know, we follow up a couple of times and then we let them go. But that couple of times is more than what they, more attention than what they get from our competitors. Absolutely. And so I'm not going to say it's shooting fish in a barrel, but I'll tell you what, your close ratio goes up significantly when you have a good process in place to make that happen. So, so let's just let's just. I, I always like to get in uh, and see if we can so pull out some numbers from here. And, and you said you 2014, you were closing two to three properties. You were doing it yourself, so you took that upon yourself to create generate new business for the company, growth, and all that stuff. How many people did you have to speak to to close two to three properties? Just approximately, give it sort of a gut feel. Um, probably five or six. So your closing ratio was good. Oh yeah, no, I've always had a good close ratio, but you know, a lot of those leads were coming from, uh, they were warm leads. So there were referrals from realtors, there were referrals from people I know in the community. You know, Alliance Property Management as a company is very active in the community. And so we leverage that network uh, currently still to bring in new business. Uh, and we're very well known in our industry. So that hasn't been a problem, but I wasn't doing any uh, Google ads. I wasn't doing any Facebook leads. I was, you know, it, it was just all organic stuff. And that's um, pre-sell off. So 2014, yeah. let's just qualify this. Two or three properties uh, gained per month is great. But I think 16 and 17, you would lose more than that per month. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you So so in a lot of ways, referral, and, and this is, and you have uh, a lot broader reach on referrals than most other companies because of the community work and involvement you do. But even if, even at this level, you'd probably just stay even. With the referral yeah. base. Oh, yeah. I, my, 
my theory is you always hurt my, my idea is you want to keep them coming in the front door faster than they're going out the back door. And you're right. Our actual unit count during those couple of years was pretty flat. We didn't really go up a lot. Um, and so we were probably like six or 700 units back then. And we're about a thousand now. Um, you know, my, my uh, problem in that time was that a lot of properties were selling. 2008 through 2012, we took on a lot of clients that were kind of accidental landlords. They moved into out of the area. They moved into a new house. They couldn't sell their house for what it was. So as a result, we got them as rentals for a few years. When the value came back and the equity was back. They were able to sell them. So we lost a ton of single families during that time. Yeah, the sell-off happened. The sell-off wave yeah. went in. All right. So then I remember... But, I remember you and I speaking because four and a half, we've, we started at 2012. Of course, we do marketing, right, for property management companies. So, you know, I remember you and I had multiple conversations. This was back when I was in our folio days. Um, yep. But we talked about this and you were just like, you were telling me like, I, I'm just not ready for that. What was, uh, like, what what made, what I'm just, this inflection point is might be interesting for the audience. What made you feel you ready for like more, like a full faucet marketing in a proper way going after new business? Well, I'm I'm a pretty practical person uh, as far as you know numbers go, and it, it was pretty easy for me to do the math and figure out that if we invested a little bit of money in our sales infrastructure, that we'd get it back pretty quickly if we increased our close ratio. And then the next thing we did was started doing some more you know advertising and investing more money in marketing, and that paid back quickly as well. So for me, it was it was more practical you know, numbers game, uh, and I knew that. The more volume we put in that funnel, if we didn't plug those leaks with a system, you know, a CRM or a you know, lead simple type system, we were going to lose all sorts of money. And it's just it's it's about making efficient use of your efforts and resources. Yeah, I'm with you. So 2014, you're slinging those uh, PM agreements two, three at a time at a month. Um, so take it. What 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 happened? So Atlanta, you signed up four and a half lead simple. Yeah. All right. You got you started to get the process in place. What happened next? Well, we made a significant change. So I told you we have other property managers in the office, but we have four in the Santa Rosa office at that time. And I said, I'll tell you what. I want each of you guys to be able to take new business calls. Okay, new business meaning perspective. Okay, so that's the first step. Have your property managers step. entertain new business calls. Okay. Right. All right. And let's go there. My, my uh, reasoning behind that was we were missing calls, okay? So chances of one of those four being in the office when I'm not there is greater than if they're just calling for me directly. So we handed over to the property managers and we used the lead simple call routing. You know, if, if number one's not there, it goes to number two. If number two's not there, it goes to number three. And we just round robin it through the office. And that increased our, our intake. You know, we were probably bringing in five or six a month at that point. Okay, so double. Yeah, we can have higher months, we can have lower months, but on average, five or six, but we were still losing you know, two, three. So it was, you know, we're a little better than even, uh, but not quite where I want to be. Still, it was a good step for us because it created an opportunity for me to identify good salespeople in my office. Okay, good salespeople and good property managers aren't always the same people. Right. Matter of fact, they're rarely the same people. <laughs> uh, so. It was a, it was a good exercise for me. Uh, did we leave some money behind by doing it that way? Maybe a little bit, but uh, it worked out well. And so we did a, uh, an incentive based compensation plan for each of those property managers that was taking on new business. We paid them a little bit every time they landed a new door, and uh, it worked fine. The nice thing was when that person went out on a sales call with a prospective client, 
they met with the client, the client clicked with them, and ultimately they that client ended up in their portfolio also. Okay, gotcha. so there was there was only one person they were dealing with all the way through. And anybody who's in the property management business knows that it's a relationship-based business primarily. And a lot of times you know you get accounts based on chemistry with the person you're working with. It's kind of like picking a CPA or an attorney. You're going to go on a referral, but you're also going to, you know, if you don't like the person, you're not going to work with them. So um, that was kind of an interesting side note, I guess. Mm. So those four people taking calls, um, what, how confident were you in the fact that they were doing a good job? Did you have any kind of metrics in place where you listening to recorded phone calls? Did you have any of those systems? How did you <laughs> kind of quality monitor it? Or you just so, sort of like, okay, I don't have to do it. That's good. Yeah, uh, I was the latter. I was, okay, I don't have to do it. That's good. I trust they're doing a good job. And uh, like most things that, that you buy, you know, you use a small percentage of what the actual capability of that product is. And, you know, you guys offered that type of thing on, um, you know, being able to monitor calls and being able to monitor leads. And I'll be honest, I didn't really want to micromanage that process so much. I really just wanted to see the numbers be positive. And if the numbers weren't where I was expecting it to be, then I would focus in on, on where the, the issues were and try and address them individually. Um, there were some times when those property managers got so busy that they wouldn't take new business calls. And that created a little bit of an issue for the remaining people because they ended up taking more. And um, the thing we identified during this process was if you're spending time taking new business calls throughout the day at a very unpredictable pace, meaning there could be none, there could be five calls a day, you're not able to handle your property manager workload, okay? which is fairly predictable, but also can be controlled chaos as well. And so uh, we sensed that some of the property managers weren't spending the right amount of time on property management versus business development or vice versa. And so uh, we decided that it was time for a change. This was a few months before going to PM Grow, uh, and we just started thinking about the idea of maybe we want to have a, a sales and marketing person. We didn't know exactly what to call it yet. You helped us with that at, at PM Grow. Right. So those few months before PM, PM Grow Summit is uh, is obviously the conference we're talking about here for, for folks who are not familiar. Um, um, but... Uh, so that happened in February of 2007, just just like less than a year ago, 2017. Yeah. And so you came back, and we had some. Uh, we had Dennis Yusuf. We have a couple other speakers. Sort of discuss the BDM, the, the BDM culture, which is business development manager. What they do, how to put them into your organization, what the responsibilities are, all that stuff. But of course, that was like a you know a segment of um, getting exposed to the information. Right. I, to my understanding, there's not a book out there you can read. You kind of have to kind of figure this out, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think, um, you know, that exposure kind of solidified the ideas for me that that was the direction we needed to go. And I think everybody who has a BDM in our industry does it a little differently uh, because it needs to be, a re that person, that position needs to be a reflection of you and your company. And for me, I'm not a real salesy person. I'm not, I don't have hard sales tactics. I'm more of a uh, sales consultant. You know, I want to solve these people's problems, but I'm not like super pushing about it. And I needed the person that we were going to choose for this position to be reflective of me and, and of Alliance and of our culture of being great problem solvers and, and consultants to our clients. And so, you know, we were lucky to find that person. Hmm. So let's talk about uh, that journey because I think right now uh, a lot of folks out there 
thinking about making this happen, but it's a big culture shift. Uh, the seaboard, you know, culture is a, uh, um, you know, and matching that. I haven't even thought about matching your salesperson to the culture. That, that we can expo expose that in a few minutes. But um, you, you, you did it in in a, in, a, in in a different way than most. I mean, most go out and start hiring. Did, you didn't you didn't go? Did you post an ad or did you at least interview no. some people? No. Okay. All right. So tell me. No, tell no, it was fascinating. So at the same time that, that my business partner and I were thinking about it, I'd come back from PM Grow and we started talking about it. One of our employees uh, approached us with a plan that matched what we wanted to do. So it was uh, it was like putting on a comfortable pair of shoes. You know, we knew this person very well. We liked them. They were a great asset to our team, and we decided that we were going to give them a shot to try and uh, try out this media position. And uh, it's been since June, late June, that we've been doing it, and uh, so far so good. They're busy all the time, uh, and that says a lot about the need for this position. All right, so instead of uh, going out there and publishing an ad and testing and interviewing some people, you went in in-house, uh, as you said, comfortable pair of shoes. The person is in. Uh, my next question is um, inbound or outbound, and how did you come up with the job description? <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. I, uh, the job description was actually kind of tough. Uh, I knew generally what I wanted them to do, bring on new clients and make sure that we don't miss any inquiries. Uh, but that evolved into a lot more, uh, meaning that they actually are helping get the property to market uh, rather than the property manager because that takes a lot of time. And so when they're busy full time right now, they're working on meeting with new clients, signing new contracts and then preparing those properties for market, getting them set up uh, and photographed and everything like that so that when they're handed off to the property manager, they're ready to go. They're ready to be moved into, theoretically, and uh, you know we, we can start marketing them and then all we've got is showings. Um, most of the leads that we're getting right now are inbound. Uh, we're actually starting to do more outbound stuff, but the outbound stuff, uh, such as you know networking uh, at realtor events and making sure that we're seen in the chamber of commerce and those kind of things, they're really hard for me to quantify. Uh, it's more like brand building than anything else. And, sure. and we're an old brand, you know, we've been around for a while. But uh, for me, those types of activities aren't going to provide immediate results compared to what we can do by just actually answering the phone when someone calls for or answering an email or being quick. Um, so yeah, it's probably we're probably like ninety percent inbound. Ninety percent inbound. That's a great place to be. I mean, heck, you know yeah. that's so. So you keeping that's a very interesting approach. Um, you keeping that person busy, um, available for inbound calls and qualifying qualification and discovery process and and closing and follow up, but also you actually have another task for them. You you have them get the house rent ready um, yep. and the property. Um, ready to advertise, right? Then the handoff happens to the property manager. Yeah, and it may not stay that way forever. Sure. Uh, we just found that we, we couldn't handle the new volume of new properties coming to the property managers because they're already, you know, let's face it, they're already stretched and they all have a little bit of capacity. But if we're throwing them each three new properties a month and they each take an extra, you know, three or four hours a piece, that's a lot of work. Uh, so with the capacity that the BDM had, we were able to fill it and uh, and help out those property managers. Ultimately, if we keep up this kind of volume, that may end up being a standalone position for somebody. Mm, interesting. So, 
let's 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 go back and talk about the number. Let's, at, the, at the end of the day, I mean, what what is it? What is he producing? She? Uh, is it he or uh, she? He, he, Michael. Yeah. So, Michael, what uh, is he producing? He, it's, it's, uh, so in the first three months, it was 30 units total, so 10, 10 units a month. Okay. Uh, and we're on track in the second three months to, I think, finish out around 15 units a month, somewhere in there. And uh, now we manage about half single family home. The other half is small multi unit. So, you know, you could get one client that's 10 units and that'll help them meet, meet our goals. Uh, but the, a lot of what we're bringing on right now is single family stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's gone up quite a bit. And then, so out of 10 units that to, and trending upwards, um, how many of them are quality? Like, how do you control quality? That's a good point. Uh, there was an interesting thread going on, uh, recently on the DARPA listserv about that, that I'm, I'm following closely, but, um, we have a standard of property that we want. Okay. We want the A's and the B's. We don't want the C's if we can avoid it. Uh, we, there are certain locations in our county that we don't service if we don't have to. And, uh, you know, so we look for nice properties, nice product attracts nice customers. That's a pretty simple equation. Right. The landlords, the owners, on the other hand, you do need to screen. So, uh, sometimes we'll come up with recommendations of work that needs to be done on a property. Their willingness to do that work oftentimes dictates what kind of a client they're going to be. And so we're paying close attention to that. We don't have a formal intake process, but we're, we're experienced enough to know red flags when we see them. Okay. You know, if, if the place has 20 year old carpet and the landlord wants to try and rent it like that, that's a problem. Uh, or they're just straight up ignorant. It could be either. Uh, if we make a rec recommendation to replace it and they replace it and we still have a good property, we're okay with that. Uh, we like well-capitalized investors. You know, who doesn't? We want them to have the money to put it back in. Uh, if we are asking for improvements on a turnover between tenants and say it's renting for X and it could rent for Y, but you have to invest Z, you know, we want to tell them how long it's going to take to get paid back Z. Right. Uh, so we kind of help them with that math and, and figure out, you know, whether it's a good play for them. Mm. Okay. So does your BDM, uh, Michael, does he have anything to do with lease renewals? No. No. Okay. You have a, you have another department or property manager does uh, that? Believe it or not, we write primarily month to month contracts. That's another podcast topic. Let's not get into that. Yeah. That's a, that's that might be a, a regional or a California thing, but uh, yeah, that seems to be what's what, what our market does right now. Month to month, you mean beyond the initial term? Uh, no, month to month, right off the bat. I've, I'm, I mean, I'm in the Bay Area here. I've never seen that. Yeah, we do. We, you, you want to touch on it? Well, let's I mean, touch on it, right? You're gonna get yeah, calls. We, we You're gonna get calls easier. on this one, man. But so so, if, so let's if we go. We have ahead. a tenant that, that rents from us, and they're a problem of some sort. We want to be able to get them out with a no cause termination notice, uh, which we can wow. do here in California. If you're on a lease, you have to prove the breach, and it's longer and more expensive. So it's a simple tactic. That is very, very clever. Okay, so that way you guarantee, or at least you have a better. Well, on one hand, there's a bit of a risk for that tenant being becoming a short-term tenant. You have to do a turnover. But on the right. other hand, there's a if they're non-performing tenant, you can get them out quickly. Yeah, and our rental market is strong enough where we're not worried about downtime too much, and our clients understand the risks that go with it. That's smart. So playing the market and the timing. Oh, yeah. good. Uh, speaking of market and timing, do you sell properties? Uh, we do sell properties through a, a brokerage called Next Home, which is a national franchise. It is uh, not the same company as Alliance, although uh, it's under the same brokerage. Got it. And then so 
does Michael, your BDM, participate in sort of um, nurturing your database for sales opportunities? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of times he'll come out and meet with a client or prospective client who's trying to decide whether to rent or sell. Uh, we're very, very careful about protecting existing relationships with other brokers. So he'll ask, you know, if they're working with somebody. If they're not, we, he can have that conversation with them. Uh, we get a lot of referrals from realtors, and one of the reasons we're able to do that is because we protect those relationships. Of course, of course. I mean, of course you do. But but then there's a lot of people that you source through inbound, through your own yeah. marketing, through your own reviews, through your own campaigns. They have nothing to do with any other realtor. So those are yep. free. You know, those you can do. So what would you say? And again, this is early. Uh, we're going to have to do a follow-up podcast here, but I think it's very, very, very important and um, timely for the audience here. How many sales opportunities do you think he created over the last 90 days? Can you quantify that or does uh, – Sales opportunities for property management, you mean? Or no, no, for, uh, sorry, uh, home selling opportunities versus property oh, management um, contracts. You know what? I, I don't know. Probably okay. a handful. A handful. Because okay. it's not our real focus. Why not? Because uh, we're trying to get this one set up to work right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I, but, sure but I smell work. the money. You know, I smell okay. – Oh, I, it's, it's easy to do. Uh, and – you know, I, I would say it's not that it's not a part of conversation. We're just not marketing directly to that side of our business right now. Sure. Understood. I, yeah. I just wanted to explore that and potentially, you know, um, kind of think along those lines a little bit. But, okay, so so he's bringing 10 properties per month. You know, rents are pretty healthy where you're at. Um, what is your goal? How close is that to your business objective, a growth objective? Uh, well, we'd be very comfortable with 10, 10 units per month for the next couple of years. Um, because that allows us to ramp up growth in conjunction with the other things we do, such as acquisitions, um, and not kill everybody. <laughs> I really, I really worry about that because you know we're, we don't exist without our team, and uh, you know we're not a small company. If it, you know, it's not about me burning out, it's about them burning out, and and feeling supported and feeling appreciated, and being able to provide a you know a level of quality service to our clients. So um, I think yeah, if we're doing ten units a month. That's a that's a great goal. That ends up being 120 units a year, and that's uh, you know running a thousand doors, so that's 12 percent growth. That's exceptional. Right, minus the the attrition, which is about what four three percent. So you know yeah. you you're yeah. growing at a good, healthy, sustainable rate. Absolutely. But you're also buying companies left and right. Yeah, yeah. Well, not left and right. I mean, we, we've done one <laughs> for the the past few years. We've done seven. Uh, seven or eight total. Um, that is it, left and right, and in, in my it's nice enough, Yeah, it's it's an unpredictable source of growth. And I think it's really important when you're owning a property management company to look at where your growth is coming from that's sustainable. And we can, you know, you can help someone build a funnel like you've helped us and have it be just a consistent stream of business. And I think if you're doing that, you can plan for growth as opposed to, you know, having an opportunity to buy a business where, you know, someone calls me one month, the next month we've taken over you know, 85 units in another community somewhere. That's, that's can be very stressful for our organization. Yeah. So it's a, it's a multi-pronged uh, growth. Gotcha. Well, let me, uh, we'll get into the specific, I think, tasks and how you manage your BDM, uh, their day-to-day activities and, and, and things that you wish you could implement moving forward. Cause you know, it's, it's a moving target, right? But right. Um, first I want to get a quick word from our sponsor who is the, guess what? PM Grow Summit. <laughs> <laughs> the Best premier. Uh, thank you, Jock. The premier conference for property management entrepreneurs. Folks like Jock was looking to take their business next level, meet other smart people, 
you know, associate with the right sort of uh, business owner who's really focused on, you know, smart growth. I would call it smart growth, not just like breakneck growth, um, but smart growth, um, company culture, um, all these points are touched, but mainly it is focused on, you know, growing and sustaining your business and, and potentially building out other revenue streams like the sales, uh, like the maintenance business in other ways. So you'll find experts on, on, you know, on marketing, on, on, uh, sales and BDM. Um, you'll find experts on, uh, websites and all kinds of things that you need to know and understand in order to run your business. It is once in a year event. Uh, this year it's in San Diego, California on January 31st through February 2nd. Jock is going to speak there along with Mike Catalano. Um, and what they're going to talk about acquisitions and what they've learned over the 12 months that they've uh, since they came back from last summit. And um, you know we recorded a video. You can go see that uh, on our Facebook page on PM Growth Summit Facebook page or PMGrowthSummit.com on our blog, where Jock and I talk about about eight minutes of what he's going to bring to the table. But he's, he's going to do a case study, and I think Jock one of the acquisitions didn't go very well, right? You so you had it to went, it went poorly. Poorly, it went poorly. As I said, we came out the other end doing okay. Doing okay. So, so there's some takeaways on on how to sort of format, um, um, you know, reformat failure and and get it to success. And I think Jock was talking about writing specific terms into the contract originally. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. To protect yourself. So yeah, you guys, you got to go attend this thing. There's just nothing better. We have 315 tickets. Um, there's probably about a hundred plus left at this point, but it's early and it will sell out like it sold out last year. Um, so you put in the name Alex, when you booking a L E X, you get a hundred dollars off, go book it now. Don't wait, book the hotel. We have an incredible rate. It's, I think it's under $270 or $250 in a $500 hotel. It's a U.S. grant luxury hotel, gaslight district, San Diego, middle of January. I mean, I'm sorry, you know, end of January. You mean how, how how can you miss it? You can't. You can't. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right, all right, Jock. So let's go. Let's go and dig into a bit of a process. Um, you said that okay. your 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 BDM came to you and said, "Oh, here's my job description." Or 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 what did what did he say? Well, it was uh, he wanted to he wanted an opportunity for growth. Uh, you know, our organization is pretty flat. There's myself, my business partner. An array of uh, property managers and support staff. I mean, there's not a lot of property supervisors, or we don't have a general manager. We run pretty lean, like most property management companies do. Yep. And uh, I think he saw an opportunity and uh, basically came to us and said, "You know, I'd, I'd like to be the person who talks to all new clients." We didn't even call it business development yet. This was, you know, kind of a new thing for us. Uh, it didn't take long for me to do the math. Remember, I said I'm a practical, yep. you know, financial person. Didn't take long to figure out that the investment of um, of keeping him on a on a on a good salary and doing some incentive based compensation was going to pay off immediately, immediately. Uh, so you know it was just you sat down, we did a pro forma based on it, figured out if it was worth the risk, talked about whether he was the right person, he was, uh, and went from there. And and the, the job description's been tweaked a little bit. If anything, we've added to it along the way. Uh, and we'll probably continue to add and subtract as uh, as things change and our organization changes. Mm. So, so, you know, one one side point: yep. uh, his movement as as a property manager into the business development manager position created uh, three internal promotions. So, 
one of our one someone in our accounting department went into his property manager position, an intern went into the accounting position, and then uh, we created a new uh, property management assistant position that took someone from our front desk. So we had four people total move internally. That's the kind of company we are. I really like to promote from inside of my camp. Absolutely, yeah, and you have to have growth for that, mm-hmm. right? You have to provide growth to your team, otherwise they're stuck. Um, so that's very cool. And, and then do you have any specific, uh, do you track that his activity or do you sort of like he just sort of runs his own, kind of his own little business unit? Uh, well, we talk a lot. Uh, we probably could have better uh, tracking, but I'm not a micromanager. I just, I like to give people pretty solid goals and objectives and let them work towards it on their, you know, with their own methods uh, and then revisit those periodically. Um, because we're in the same physical office, although I'm not here a ton, you know, we talk about what kind of activities got going on. I can log into Lead Simple and see what's in the pipeline and what's coming in. And we log everything in Lead Simple, not just the emails that get put in there automatically. If we get a phone call, if we get a walk-in, they're requ- he's required to put those in there. So I can kind of tell how many contacts a month we're getting. And then uh, I haven't gotten so far, not that I don't care, but I haven't looked at his close ratio yet, but it's pretty darn good. Mm. You know, one uh, one little trick I can give you, and we've been uh, sort of using that, and I highly recommend our clients use that. As you grow your nurturing list, you know, you have the people who don't close the, subscri- oh, yeah. the subscriber's email list. Yeah. Um, spend some time or have Michael spend some time maybe once a week or so. Look at the most active people who open like, emails. Open, open yeah. yeah. Have you done that? No, that's a great idea. So go to MailChimp, go to your MailChimp account, and look at activity. It has an amazing depth into who opened, when, click, and they actually give its own star rating. So you can actually yeah. filter. So what I do is you know, we filter subscribers by a star rating, and we know who's warmer. And we've calculated on average that it takes four and a half, 36 average, average, 36 weekly emails to earn a client. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It takes a while to educate. This is a complicated marketing is complicated and you know, it's just not that it's not an, an, you know a, a quick decision. So Absolutely. Yeah, and, and this one tip um it's you know, it's it's more it's not an outbound per se, but it's more of a little bit an outreach, right? So right. if they're a good open rate, good time to check in. Oh, interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Thank you very much. Yeah. That let's yeah, let's see if that adds a little bit of a, you know, yeah. 10 to 20 Twenty percent more to your uh, close ratio, but where were you? Uh, I'm going to ask you about CAC. You know that customer acquisition cost. So okay. you you put that in your mind. You don't have to share it, uh, the n- number, but maybe give me a. Range. <laughs> I like that you assume that I know know what it is. No, I I see the thing is I was going to work work with you on this, but you know okay. what? That's fine. Um, you that you did pro forma. I don't know what that means. Uh, we did a pro forma, uh, which was basically an analysis of financial performance. To determine if the investment was going to create a profit for us. Uh, so, so I'm just coming at it from a different, from a little bit of a of a different accounting perspective. But it's the same thing, right? So, you know, unit economics, meaning that what does it cost me per unit, all in to acquire a single property under management, which okay. is CAC, which is customer acquisition cost. Bottom line is it's it's your marketing plus sales. So, Michael's salary plus. Mm-hmm. And we can we can talk about this offline, but Michael's Michael's salary plus all your marketing investments divided by number of properties you acquired in a period. So let's right. say in a year you pay Michael, let's say sixty grand, whatever. I'm just gonna assume that. Um, and let's say you spend another thirty on marketing. That's ninety ninety thousand. Let's right. say it's a hundred thousand. You acquired hundred twenty units. Um, what is that? 
They might, they might even just two thousand dollars a year. Yeah, so it's uh, at eight hundred thirty-three actually. So if you hundred thousand is your total investment for marketing and sales divided by hundred twenty acquired units, that's eight hundred and thirty-three dollars. Yeah, and I'm saying that they each produce on average two thousand dollars a year. Oh, sorry about that. So, so the ACV. So now we're talking about annual. I'm I'm just gonna get this yeah. speak into the industry until everybody speaks this language. So <laughs> annual contract value is what do you say about two thousand bucks? About two thousand. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. So yeah. You pay back the acquisition if 100K is your real number. Is you're, you're probably more than 100K, right? Uh, no, it's probably probably right in there. With marketing? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Okay, so 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 you, yeah. let's, you pay back your acquisition cost in about four months, which is very very healthy. So in a recurring revenue now, let me give you guys a lesson because I follow all these things, I read all these books, I run a recurring revenue business, and if you pay back. Your customer acquisition cost within three or excuse me within six months or less, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal opportunity. Especially right. if you retain on average more than thirty six months, and most right. most most of you do. I would say our retention rate is probably in the six to seven year range. Yeah, so that's that's uh, ridiculous. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Not to mention, you know, if I if we ever go to you know to, to market the company, you know, the value of those contracts is. Is pretty strong too. So I don't know if I'll have it published by then. Uh, but if you go to fourandhalf.com, go to pricing page. We've been working on this widget. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. You basically set your number of units you want to grow by. Then uh, you set your average rent, and it gives you everything. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> it gives cool. you the portfolio value, annual contract value, lifetime customer value, all these averages, and pretty soon we're gonna have little bit of flexibility where you can put in your own numbers so it gives you actual numbers for you but right now it's it's an average and it's pretty close to yeah to I think where you have it um well you know I think uh, I think it's a great opportunity uh, you know for you guys to help people like me who don't know their cost per acquisition uh, to come up with it it's, it's a really easy sale after that after you figure out you know the positive number on the back end of it piece of cake yeah, it, it, take it, it, it takes thirty six weekly emails too for people to get that. <laughs> but but, but they, that's and that's part of the reason why I'm pushing this. It's a, it's just it's just a it's just a, such a mathematical way to do business. Like take emotions yeah. out. You don't like yourself on video? Oh well, you know you're buying clients at eight hundred bucks. They're paying you two thousand a year, and I gotta stay with you five years. What is there to talk about? Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> what is there to talk about? Yeah, that's awesome, I, man. I, I, I do wonder what will happen, you know, because we're our community is a half million people, our, our county, and I, I do wonder what's going to happen down the road when we've sold all we can sell, and all we're doing is keeping them coming in the front door as fast as they're going out the back door. I think you got a while yet. Don't you? What's that? I think you have a while yet. I mean, there's... Oh, I've got a long time. I've got a long time, but I, I like thinking, you know, far in advance, not only for myself, but also for the person we put in the position of business development manager, what does that mean to them? And uh, I think that's the nice thing about having two other offices. Is I can always focus those efforts in those markets. That's that's exactly it. And I was going to say, be like Mike Catalano. You know, start buying you know companies elsewhere in other towns right. and land and expand. <laughs> yeah, that's what you yeah. did. That's what you did in Napa, right? Yeah, we we bought it uh, in St. Helena, which is North Napa County. We just bought in Cloverdale, which is uh, the northern Sonoma County. They're both about thirty-five minutes away from us. Not areas that we would service from our Santa Rosa office, so that was good. So it kind of gave us uh, an intro into an existing market without having to bootstrap our marketing and, and have all that outflow of cash. 
Hmm. There you have it, guys. Um, Jock McNeil runs a tight ship. Great company culture. Growing through organic marketing. Got the BDM. Growing through acquisitions. Going to conferences. Learning and implementing. Uh, it's not rocket science. It's not. It's not. I'm a slow learner, but I figured it out. <laughs> You're great, man. I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's it's not very comfortable to sit here for 50 minutes and talk about this, um, but I really enjoyed it. Our audience, I think, is going to get a lot out of it, and um, I really look forward to seeing you at the PM Grow Summit. Yeah, looking forward to that, too. Hopefully see you before that. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Josh. Awesome.